With Siata Dishmaya, let's continue on our lessons, knowing God's plan, as uh, brought down by Rabbi Moshe Chaim Luzato, uh, the Ramchal. With Siata Dishmaya, let's see how we can continue to elaborate on these uh, teachings. So now, let's continue. So here, the student now says, I still need some clarification with regard to the attribute of God's sovereignty that you mentioned. I don't fully understand how this attribute can be an aspect of God's simple perfection. Seemingly, it cannot be part of his perfection, since you have already said that his true perfection is ungraspable and totally beyond this world. Now the rabbi says and responds, you have asked a good question. Let me help you understand this matter correctly. It is impossible to grasp God's simple perfection in any way at all, since his simple perfection is his true perfection, which is totally unknowable and elevated beyond anything related to the created world. As soon as God decided to create and direct the world, he defined and willed these specific attributes which relate only to the limited level of the created world. They do not relate to his level at all. And therefore, his simple essence is completely removed from anything related to these attributes. And to your footnote where it says that the whole of God's creation is finite and limited and the forces he uses to run such a universe are also finite and limited. And consequently, God's intrinsic perfection, which is infinite and unlimited, is far removed from even the highest spiritual forces and attributes. And here the rabbi continues and says, furthermore, even those attributes of action that exist according to the level of the created world was not made as he could have made them. On the contrary, he restrained, as it were, his goodness and did not want to do, do did not want to do what would have been appropriate according to his true goodness. Even though he chose to guide creations and reveal himself to them only according to their level, and not according to his own level, he could have at least revealed himself to them and guided them with a degree of perfection appropriate for their level, with no deficiencies, as in fact will ultimately happen after the final redemption. His intrinsic goodness and kindness should have dictated that he reveal himself to them with immense goodness and abundant creative power. His perfection should have dictated that his actions be perfect without any deficiency, yet he held all this back and chose to act in an imperfect way without the illumination of his divine light. And this is the situation we find ourselves in today. However, he does not want to leave the world in such a state, constantly volatile and unstable because of the partnership of good and evil. Rather, his great goodness decreed that there should be a guiding force working on a deep level from within the system of good and evil itself. The purpose of this guiding force is to bring the entire creation to the appropriate state of complete perfection. And this dynamic that his handiwork should inevitably be perfected and not remain deficient is a product of his perfection. However, this is not a manifestation of the simple perfection of his unknowable essence. His simple essence has absolutely no con uh, connection with this world. Rather, it is, I, as I explained, God's perfection dictates that even though he chooses to act upon the world only according to the level of his creations, 
His actions are perfect, even on that level. This truth is the source of that guiding force I mentioned, which operates on a deep level, directing the entire world to a state of total perfection. And here in the footnote, it says that not only did God create the world and its beings according to the limited level appropriate for them, but even at this level, he made them incomplete and imperfect. As we will see, this was to give them the opportunity to perfect themselves and earn their reward. And so now the rabbi continues and says, nonetheless, when he restrained, as it were, his attribute of compassion, as we mentioned earlier, this meant that he did not act according to his attribute of perfection and create perfect beings. Instead, he created them initially imperfect. Only in the end will they become perfect as a result of the guiding force that stems from the level of his great goodness, as I explained. Had he left the world to be governed only by the attribute of judgment, the world would never overcome its state of imperfection. There would always be righteous and wicked people, good and evil, blessings and curses. But now that he also uses his attribute of perfection, although there is imperfection in the beginning, it will not remain in the end. And therefore, while the attribute of judgment is evident, the attribute that causes universal perfection operates in a hidden way until all of existence will be perfected at the time of the final redemption. The student now says, now my question has been answered. The attribute that causes universal perfection is without a doubt a manifestation of his perfect goodness, but only insofar as he desires to act upon the world according to our limited level and not according to his own exalted level. Now the rabbi says, I would like to give you a more detailed explanation of this subject. And here's a footnote that says that we've learned that this attribute of perfection is not according to the level of God's perfect essence. And now we're going to learn that even the element of God's perfection that relates to the world is divided into two levels, one much higher than the other. And we'll be able to grasp one of these levels at the time of the Geula, but the other will remain beyond our understanding even then. So here the rabbi continues and says, it is certain that in all of God's dealings with us, we can discern two elements, the evident and the concealed. The evident is the reward or punishment decreed upon each person according to what he deserves, be it good or bad. The concealed is the profound design that is constantly present in all of God's actions upon the world, through which he brings the entire creation to a state of complete perfection. And this is the way God has structured the world. The inner purpose of every event, whether minor or major, is only to bring the world to a state of complete perfection. This is, as our sages said, everything God does is for the good. And these were the words of the prophet, your anger will be removed and you will comfort me. We see this in Yeshayahu. And this refers to the fact that at the time of the final redemption, God will make known to the Jewish people the, re the real meaning of his ways. And they will understand how even the chastisements and suffering they endured were only preparations for the goodness and were on an actual prelude to the grantings of blessings. God only wants his creations to be perfected and does not completely reject the wicked. On the contrary, he purifies them through the fire of suffering so they will emerge cleansed of all their dross. 
Everything that he brings upon us, whether good or bad, has the same positive purpose as we have explained. However, you must be aware that everything God does is awesome, all-encompassing and infinite of infinite death. And this is alluded to in the verse, how great are your deeds, O God. We see this in Tehillim. Even in the most insignificant of his actions contains a death and breath of wisdom that is absolutely beyond any human understanding. That is the meaning of the continuation of the verse, your thoughts are exceedingly profound. And at the present time, God's actions are totally incomprehensible to us. We only see their surface meaning, while their true inner meaning remains hidden. The proof of this is that the inner element of all of God's actions is exactly the same. They are all good without any negative aspect at all, which is certainly not perceivable or understandable at the present time. However, when the final redemption comes, we will least see and understand how everything that ever happened was part of God's profound plan to bestow good upon us in the end. But let us not imagine that because of this. We will grasp all the great wisdom that was involved in everything that God did. In fact, all that man will ever understand of God's actions is only like a drop in the vast ocean. And therefore, we should be aware that since God chose to act upon the world with the attribute of absolute good, which we mentioned, everything that happens to us now as a result of the system of reward and punishment contains within it an inner level that certainly cannot be seen from the outside. And as we said here, there's a footnote that says that we are only able to perceive the exterior part of the way God runs the world. On this level, we see good and evil, reward and punishment. God's attributes of infinite goodness acts on a deeper hidden level to bring the whole world to a state of perfection by manipulating the seemingly chance events of history towards their ultimate goal. And so it continues here, the rabbi, where he says, on this level, God and his goodness is constantly directing and guiding us to our ultimate perfection. Some of this inner level will be revealed to us immediately at the time of the final redemption, as it says, then the eyes of the blind will be opened, as it says in Yeshayahu. And this verse refers to our eyes being opened to that part of God's design, which is recognizable from within the events of the world themselves. As soon as our eyes become illuminated with the true light of knowledge, we will understand what can be understood from within each event of history. However, there is certainly a great deal of profound wisdom in all these events that cannot be recognized or understood at all from within the events themselves. God's wisdom is so exalted that it cannot be grasped even through his actions. And here it's a, a, a footnote where it says that besides the level of God's wisdom that will be un understandable from within the events of history, there is a far deeper level of God's wisdom, which even then will be far beyond our understanding and cannot be understood from within God's actions. A deeper understanding of this higher level of God's wisdom is the reward and spiritual elevation that will be experienced in only in the world to come. And so he continues here and he says, both of these, the wisdom that can be known and the wisdom that cannot be known are a product of God's absolute good, which acts positively upon us. Nevertheless, they are both relative only to our limited level and do not relate to his infinite level, as he explained. The reason for this is that although they are derived from God's perfection, all his actions upon the world are only at a level suitable for us. 
Now the student says, please summarize this as well. The rabbi then continues and says, the general principle is as follows. God's own intrinsic perfection is totally unknowable. However, he wanted to implement his attribute of perfect goodness, although only according to our limited level and no more. And so therefore he set in place plans and methods of guidance in order to bring the entire creation to a state of completeness and perfection. And this is the hidden aspect of all of God's actions, that which they have all in common. Any tiny part of this hidden level will be revealed and understood from within the events of the world themselves when God decides to open our eyes to this level of reality. However, for the most part, this level will remain elevated, exalted, and totally beyond our understanding because of the great death of God's wondrous wisdom. It is important to know that only the hidden force of perfection relates directly to God and not to the system of reward and punishment. This is because God is perfect and all his actions are perfect. And those things that result from the laws and attributes of the system of reward and punishment are considered as if they occur automatically according to what has previously been built into each individual attribute. And this happens because God has already arranged and set in place the laws and patterns of everything that will ever come into the world as a result of the system of reward and punishment. And nevertheless, for as long as the system of reward and punishment needs to operate, its actions are ultimately derived from the influence of the hidden force of perfection itself. And this is because God's perfection is the source of everything. Even those things that are caused by the system of reward and punishment are all part of a continuous process leading to the world of perfection. However, as long as God's oneness is hidden, things must follow this pattern. On the visible level, good and evil. On a deeper level, the force of perfection. Therefore, it is the influence of the force of perfection itself upon the system of reward and punishment that causes all these actions to emerge by themselves. And this is because God chose in his great wisdom that these actions should emerge from the source of perfection itself while his oneness is concealed. In the end, the outcome of the influence of the force of perfection will be that the entire system governing the world will relate directly to God. And this phenomenon is the third aspect that can be discerned in all of God's attributes, namely the production of what is inherent in each attribute through the influence of the force of perfection itself upon it. This is like something intermediate between God's perfection and the particular attribute. It has a different form in each attribute depending on the particular nature of that attribute. And this is because the structure of each attribute dictates how the force of perfection interrelates with it. We need to define this intermediary level both in terms of what it actually is and in terms of how it functions as well we will explain it later. Baruch Adonai Leolam. Amen ve Amen.